Welcome to the Secondary Market Masterclass, brought to you by Polly and produced by Housing Wire. I'm Clayton Collins, CEO at HW Media, host of the Housing News Podcast, and your guide for this four-part series on mortgage capital markets. Each week this month, we'll explore and discuss how the mortgage banking market functions, relationships between the primary and secondary markets, process optimization, and the capital markets technology stack. Executives from Poly and mortgage banking leaders will share their expertise. The second episode in this four-part series features John Foy, head of product at Poly. We focus our conversation on how mortgage lenders can optimize secondary market processes and be more successful with tailored tech stacks. John also shares how the top professionals want to work with the best and most agile tech stacks. I hope you enjoy and learn from this episode with John Foy, head of product at Poly. This masterclass series is brought to you by Poly. Poly operates the industry's only vertically integrated capital market solution, adding demonstrable value from rate lock through loan sale and delivery. Built in the cloud for the cloud, Poly automates and optimizes the entire capital markets value chain, helping lenders of all types and sizes proactively scale their mortgage operations. Capital markets leaders demand flexible and highly configurable technology solutions, and Poly delivers. To learn more about Poly, check out poly.io. All right, folks, we're back with the second episode of our Secondary Market Masterclass presented by Polly. John, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited excited to be talking to you today. So, John, I'll do a quick recap for for you and our audience. In the first episode of this four-part series, our guest was Parvesh Sahi, Chief Revenue Officer at Poly. We focused the conversation on how mortgage lenders and investors work together to fund the housing market and an overview of the GSEs and agencies. Parvesh also shared some high-level knowledge on how lenders are enabling origination and capital markets collaboration and education to drive progress. So in this conversation, the second episode of the Masterclass series, we're going to focus in on several core themes, including process optimization, helping lenders be more successful with tech tailored specifically for them, the overall capital markets technology stack, and why it's so important to be agile. So John, I couldn't think of anybody more qualified to speak on this topic. But I'd love to give the audience a glimpse into why you are so uniquely qualified to be an expert on mortgage origination and mortgage capital markets technology stacks. Can you give us a glimpse? Yeah, I mean, uh, humbled by the question for sure. Um, you know, my my background, um, I started off in you know a combination of technology and mortgage, but it was really in the um, appraisal space. So I had the opportunity to work on a platform and a product from kind of the ground up to look at automating the underwriting and review of of housing appraisals, which was a a really cool introduction for me to both technology and the mortgage industry at a really large, well-established company. It was was interesting to see how modern technology is starting to get woven into 
um, the mortgage industry in general. Um, from there, I, I kind of hopped into more of a tech-focused role, um, working in the CRM side of, of technology. Um, got some experience in more of the SaaS world and implementations and workflows. Um, and then, you know, more recently in my career, I, I was brought into uh, Ethos Lending um, and was, was brought in there really to look at how can we as a lender leverage technology to drive down our cost of originating mortgages. And, you know, in that, in that space, um, as a mortgage originator, we were utilizing several different third-party providers and we were looking at, okay, how can we apply technology in more advanced ways to really move the needle forward, drive down the cost of origination, ultimately benefit the borrower um, but really just look to, to move on from more antiquated processes and tools and, and look at how we can, you know, bring, bring newer technology into the mix on that. Uh, so prior to Poly, I had a really great opportunity to work with a mortgage lender on the tech side of things, which, you know, beyond my initial experiences working in appraisal, this brought me into really the full life cycle of, of the origination process all the way from application up to funding up to delivery um, and you know as you well know that that spans a lot of different functions a lot of different workflows a lot of different bodies and people and you know everywhere from ordering appraisals to managing docs to how are we integrating a custom platform to an LOS to how are we leveraging a pricing engine solution I got to have my hands in a lot of that and um, Really great learning experience for me because it, it, you know, kind of baptized me by fire in the mortgage industry, um, but also was just so fun to be able to utilize so many different technological capabilities to drive efficiency at, at that lender. Baptism by fire. So let's talk about some of the learnings that you took from your your early tech days and valuation and origination technology into ethos, what were you trying to, what did you know that you could deliver on the lender side that you had learned from your time on the technology partner side of the industry? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So my time at ethos, you know, prior to, to spinning out poly here, um, it was really all around, again, how can we drive down the cost of origination? How can we apply technology here? And so it, it, um, it was just an, a nice way to expose me to, hey, here's all, all the common ways that Ethos specifically, but mortgage lenders in general are, are doing these processes and how linear and granular that can get. And, um, you know, one of the things that really stood out to me was how can we automate a lot of this stuff? Because as you sit with different people in different seats in the process, there's a lot of repetitive nature to their job. There's a lot of button clicking that's, well, you know, I press this button, I do this thing and I do that like 50 times a day. It's like, well, that's not a great use of your time. What if, you know, two of those 50 things are important for you to look at, but the other 48 are just kind of monotonous. How can we weave into that? And um, one of the cool things I've been able to experience across that timeline is being able to apply automation in ways that, you know, the first step in automation is being able to automate everything versus automating nothing, which I think a lot of systems do today and have the ability to do. But the real driving um, function of that should be how can we automate as much as possible while still driving users to the areas where they need to have manual eyes on and we need that human touch in this part of the workflow. 
So more than just automation, it was it was around how do we automate as much as possible while still enabling users to do the things that they really are, are applying their human value and aspect to and are needed for. Um, so that that was, you know, most of the cool stuff I got to work on at Ethos was it's not, you know, it's not about replacing people in the process. It's about how we make these people as optimized as possible and leverage as well as possible and then bringing technology to empower them and really come alongside them and make their jobs easier and more effective. So after spending a few years in-house, in-house in the mortgage industry at Ethos, is there anything you walk away with that mortgage experience as you went back to the technology side at, at Poly. And I think it's notable that you spent, you did kind of focus the initial part of your question on efficiencies and workflows, topics that get a lot of attention today, but we know we're going back pre COVID when you were on the, the ethos side. So you were working on some of the projects that many lenders are, you know, have top of tech queue in 2023 back in 2018 and 2019. So give us a little glimpse into what you learned at ethos that makes you a better head of product at poly. Yeah. I mean, um, one of the biggest things I learned and I'll, I'll kind of say this is learning transitioning from ethos to, um, you know, a SaaS offering that, that services the market is most lenders don't do things the same. I think there's, there's some things that globally most lenders do in the same kind of vein. Um, but transitioning out of building technology for a specific lender to building technology for an industry um, it was eye-opening to see like just around so many topics about how much variation there is across the industry of how we would like to use this, this feature or this thing, or we don't want that workflow. We would like to automate that. We wouldn't want to automate that. Um, I think a, a random example I could pull from is like price exceptions in the origination process. It's, um, it's kind of polarizing. You have some lenders that say like, oh, we don't want our loan officers to be making price exceptions at all. And you have some lenders that say you know, the majority of our, our loans go through price exceptions. And when you're developing features for that, um, it becomes more challenging. But uh, in a lot of ways for me, and, and <laughs> maybe I like, I like the pain and, and trial by fire, but like more exciting to like develop a tool that is flexible enough to be utilized with different mindsets and drive value to lenders, even though they're approaching features and functionality in very different ways. So John, as we prepared for this episode, the phrase tech stack came up many times. So I want to transition the conversation into talking about the capital markets tech stack. But first, explain to us what we're what we're what we mean when we talk about a tech stack and and why a stack is such an important concept in mortgage lending. Yeah, I think you know one of the most vital parts of a tech stack is is around you know the hosting and um, if you're you know. Uh, you're in the cloud. If you're on premise, obviously there, there's a, those are vastly different things. Um, but another key component to that really, when we're talking about the tech stack and how that relates to poly specifically is, um, the integrated nature of different products within the tech stack. And I think you could really talk to most lenders in the industry and, and really quickly, if you start talking about their integration partners or their products they're utilizing, understand, wow, you've got a lot of different systems, different logins. Uh, especially when you start talking about analytics or data or dashboarding and reporting, where are you pulling stuff from and how are you kind of aggregating that all together? And that was one of the core tenants that we focused on when we, when we launched Poly was we wanted everything to be part of a unified um, environment. And that comes down to the tech stack. So when we built our products, 
they're part of this vertically integrated cap market solution where you're not logging into your, you know, your pricing solution over here, but then, you know, you're going over here to, to worry about hedging or to worry about where you're delivering loans and you have to log into this system to run your analytics and you're pulling data together. That was really core for us is um, especially coming from our mortgage backgrounds where we dealt with a lot of that coordination was, and we want this to be a unified experience where not only can I get to everything, but when all products are a part of that really integrated stack of technology that's communicating well with each other, it, it opens up opportunities to, for example, be able to track the profitability of a loan through the, in the origination process, the locking of that loan, all the way up to delivery, because it's all part of one system. It's one loan object, and you're not dealing with different, different logins, different systems um, that you're having to kind of coordinate yourself as a lender. It's just brought to you there. So, you know, there's a lot of different nitty gritty things we could get to in, in the technology stack and, and where we're hosted and how scalable and functional it is and, um, you know, how cutting edge that is. But to me, the, the main driver of why that's important and why what we've done at Poly is really changing the industry is that it, it gets users into one experience that covers everything and it's well well aligned across different products that aren't, you know, sort of band-aided together or, you know, talking back and forth to through different mechanisms. It's all one, one ecosystem at Poly. Yeah. So one of the challenges of one ecosystem or a unified experience kind of goes back to one of the earlier lessons that you shared is that not all lenders operate the same way. And many different lenders have different funding strategies and different types of operational core competencies and approaches to how they originate and, and how they, um, and how they work with the secondary market. So as we talk about the importance of a tech stack, how does a tech stack accommodate, uh, lenders that, you know, have different business strategies? Uh, yeah, different business strategies for lenders. Um, so a wide range of, of things we could dive into there from, um, you know, what channels you're lending in. Cause when you're talking about lending in wholesale versus retail, even versus, you know, correspondent, non-delegated, uh, direct to consumer, it oftentimes involves very different users, whether you're talking about a broker or correspondent buyer, that's vastly different from like a loan officer and how they interact, um, from more of a third party perspective. Um, and so when we're, when we're developing tools at Poly and our products here, we're constantly thinking across, across the market is from a channel perspective like, like that. Um, so that we're making sure, Hey, when we're talking about, you know, compensation, for example, is that going to work well for a wholesale broker comp model versus an LO comp model? And, and how do those differentiate? Um, and even within that, you know, um, it, get, it gets more, more granular, even just talking in the retail aspects around loan officer compensation. And again, lender A could view that as, well, we, we do it like this and we structure these rules ideally in this way um, so that they're part of our margins and others think of it in vastly different ways. Um, and then all the way down to just the granularity of how how you would want your, your margins or your compensation to be structured and Another core tenet of Poly was we want to be as flexible as possible because, you know, the way we did things at Ethos was kind of a narrow spectrum. And we developed tools there in our origination that really worked really well for us flexibility wise. But as we started pioneering Poly, it was about, okay, there's hundreds of other lenders, thousands of other lenders that are thinking about things differently, have different granularities. So we want to be able to support those 
in really flexible ways that are also easy to maintain um, and manage as well. All right. So John, let's get, let's get into the tech stack, but I think it's probably appropriate to frame our conversation or our, our kind of outline of the tech stack in relation to the, fu- the functions of, a uh, of the secondary market. So as we talk about, we connect from origination into capital markets. Can you walk us through the steps and process that need to get processes that need to be completed and which parts of the tech stack serve those different functions? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, your main integrations when you're when you're looking at how a pricing engine integrates with the rest of a lender's technology are, are primarily going to be around um, the LOS and which is loan operation system. And, and then your POS, your point of sale, um, which in some cases, depending on your provider, can be one and the same. Um, and the goal there, again, is, is flexibility, because going back to that, you know, not one size fits all mentality. LOSs are the same. You can have two lenders using the same LOS and they're using it in vastly different ways. They've got different milestones. They've got different field triggers. They have different fields that they've customized that they're writing and pushing and pulling or wanting to push and pull back from, from different arenas. So with our, with our integration platform, um, we, we developed it in a way that it's just really, really flexible around how we're both reading and writing from host systems. And that includes LOSs, POSs, CRMs, you know, kind of across the stack. Um, so that, again, not one size fits all, but if lender A wants us to read data from here and write back to there, we can configure that very easily. And we've developed it in ways that they're in these really easy to configure, easy to manipulate and maneuver around um, structures that it's not coding um, it doesn't take a long time to spin up. If we need to adjust something, great. We can do it in, in a matter of minutes in most cases and have it for the customer ready to test. Um, so it's it's really about the flexibility that LOSs and POSs offer. We need to be able to work with that in a really dynamic way. Um, another really cool aspect of that is just around the concept of custom parameters. Um and believe it or not, pretty much every customer we work with has at least one or more custom thing, parameter, piece of data they store in their LOS or POS or CRM that they want to be able to make pricing decisions off of, whether it's eligibility or how they're customizing their servicing model or loan level adjusters, their margins, of course. So we make that self-service and um, you know, our customers can create a custom parameter in Poly within a couple of minutes, create rules around it test it out, get it out to market. And it's it's really that simple. Um, but again, something designed to really open up the doors to how different lenders need to operate, want to operate, um, how, they, how they can envision um, applying strategies to make them more competitive in the market. And how, how can we support that very simply and easily for them has been a, a huge focus for us. All right. So we have the, the point of sale, the POS and LOS that are connected at the front end of origination. Uh, we have the product and pricing engine, the PPE that's, uh, connecting, um, product and pricing information into the LOS and point of sale. So originators are armed with the, the product suite and, and current pricing. Where is the, the product and pricing engine connecting as we can continue moving through the capital markets tech stack? Yeah. So, you know, uh, like if we talk about our loan trading exchange, for example, so once loans are funded, enabling lenders to really easily be able to understand, uh, you know, whether it's um, 
aggregators that they're looking to deliver to or agencies or a combination and they're looking to best X and figure out what their best strategies are. Um, you know, our, our exchange has a lot of great functionality around creating pools and being able to intelligently slot loans into the most um, profitable spec payups and options that a lender could deliver to. That's that's something that we've also tied back to being enabled by our core product and pricing engine. And the cool part about that is for lenders that are using us for both sides of, of that equation, both the, you know, the origination and the delivery um, and commitment of, of loans to sell, they have the confidence that the logic and the pricing that's being used on, on the buy side, on the sell side, when they're originating, when they're delivering, it's coming from the same engine with the same logic. So you're getting an apples to apples on both sides. You don't have to worry about, I've got this system over here, uh, but how is it calculating out you know, the, the LLPAs for this investor versus what's happening on my origination side and having to deal with the maintenance of, of tying that out? You really get the confidence and it goes back to that vertically integrated system that we were talking about earlier that Polly's doing it in one central location. Um, so regardless of what workflow or what systems interacting with with the system, it's getting the same consistent pricing uh, experience through that. And is that loan trading exchange the connection point to the GSEs, agencies and, and private capital? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's ton of great functionality in there, both from, you know, a more traditional like bid tape model, being able to generate bid tapes, send those out, um, having the buyers working directly on our platform to respond to those bid tapes, um, being able to uh, discover loans on our platform as as a buyer and be able to make spot bids on those. Um, but there's also the, you know, the agency aspect um, where we're, we're generating bids for that so they can be comparing how their agency executions look versus, um, you know, different aggregator options and, and helping them optimize, uh, you know, where they should be delivering loans to, to be as profitable as possible. Yeah. As we talk through the cap markets tech stack, it, it becomes kind of apparent to me that this is different than other workflow technology where information and processes are flowing in one direction. It feels like the capital markets technology stack is, is really dependent on a, a two-way flow of information. So there's accurate views on, on pricing uh, at the front end, and that information is coming from kind of from the, the aggregator or the secondary side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a two-way market. And, um, you know, where, where I think there's been a lot of focus on technology to be provided for the originator and, you know, the seller in the market, there's a, there's a big opportunity to, to develop more features and functionality that benefits the buyers as well. And really connects them in the same ecosystem in more dynamic um, and more strategic ways um, that, that we're working towards in the future. I'm really excited about. And our coverage at housing wire, it's really seems like the entire housing market is uh, learning to operate more quickly uh, with, with technology and market movement happening faster than we've ever seen. That was pretty pronounced in the, the last 12 months as we've seen mortgage interest rates change very quickly. How has this kind of market that's been expediting itself or accelerating um, accelerated any changes in the technology landscape? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, especially over the last couple of years, personally, I've noticed, I think we've noticed a lot at Poly is lenders uh, honing in on how can we get better technology? How can we up-level our technology offerings? How can we up-level our processes and our efficiencies? Um, 
And some of those things are, are really straightforward, you know, like how can we automate a little bit more of our lock desk workflow or how can we streamline uh, our pricing processes and how can we make, you know, the experience for our loan officer more efficient and, and faster, um, easier to use. Um, and it's, it's really, it always comes down to, we want to drive more efficiency, but we're doing it in, in workflows and in processes that, um, maybe aren't overly com- complicated, but they are really complex. And there's a lot of different steps and flows and, and things to be aware of. And so it's, it's a difficult intersection of let's make this awesome and fast and, but, but still providing all the functionality and flexibility that um, lenders and users need. And um, I definitely think, you know, especially through um, the, the kind of COVID acceleration you were talking about, there's this desire to, you know, how can we uh, up-level ourselves uh, along the way when so many other companies and other industries are through these periods? And also given, you know, just the, the way the market has been um, in recent times, there's a, a lot of lenders that are looking to, okay, this, this is a time where, you know, volumes are, are potentially down. How can we look at our tech stack and how can we look at features and functionality that would benefit us when the market starts to turn so that we're prepped and ready to handle more volume, handle, you know, refi waves as they come. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of acceleration and, and a lot of lenders looking for how can we up level? What can we do to, to get a competitive advantage? Um, and, and, and in most cases, you know, practically speaking, again, it's how can we drive more automation um, through, through mostly work desk and, and I mean, sorry, lock desk and, and workflows um, and the other big thing we see is how can we get more granular with our pricing, which is really like I had to look back and my time at Ethos, my time here at Poly building a pricing engine. That's been the crux of where we really put a lot of focus into is, you know, we constantly ran into lenders that were saying we've got this really high level margin structure because it's just really hard to define things in a more granular level and maintain them. So it's really high level and we just kind of know there's probably some gains and losses and some plus and minus that we're missing out on. It's not super optimized. Or we'd run into lenders that would say, we've got really dialed in process, but we've also got this PDF guide that's like 30 pages to tell our cap markets team how to maintain things and where to go to update. And um, you know, that's what we that's what we built. We drove towards giving lenders a system to where you can get as granular as you want with it, you can get as optimized as you want with it, but it's also really easy to maintain both set up and maintain and um, make really quick changes. Um, other part of kind of the COVID accelerator is, you know, there's, there's been uh, a lot more, you know, volatile market movement. And when that takes place, it's, it's key for lenders to be able to respond quickly um, and not have, you know, systems and processes that are holding them back from responding maybe as quick as other lenders can in the market to take advantage of those. John, you talked about a more granular pricing capability. Can you go a little bit deeper on like what some of those those fields or variables are that enable lenders to be more granular and really dial in their pricing? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think, you know, there's there's some that are product related, there's some that are location-based related. So when we talk about like, hey, I want I want to price out differently for different states, counties, MSAs, um, you know, it, it starts to open up the opportunity when you have that granularity to look at things like, uh, you know, passing through CRA. So if you have certain investors that are looking to pay up for specific 
um, locations for CRA, then as a lender, you can also pass that through to your borrower um, and make your pricing more competitive in those areas because you know you're going to get that pickup on the back end. And that really becomes enabled by a super flexible rules-based system to where you can quickly create a rule that says, hey, if it's in these, these counties or these MSAs or these tracks, I want to I want to apply this pay up here. Um, I think, you know, along the product side of things, it's really getting down to how can I easily and granularly define uh, my margins, how I'd like to be more strategic. Um, and that in poly can be down to lock period, note rate, uh, coupon, if you're sourcing off of MBS based pricing. Um, so, you know, we've, we've got lenders that create grids and they're, they're easy to create, easy to spin up and they, they outline for them, okay, across your products per lock period, per note rate, how do you want to move things up or down? And, and, you know, where other, other systems and, and operations in the past, that would have been difficult or impossible to do. They can just easily tweak things as granular as, as granularly as they want to get to. Um, the other thing I'd mention there is just around custom parameters. So I, I spoke to this early about how easy it is to create custom parameters in, in poly around mappings, but um, it also just opens up doors to, to how you want to price uh, and how you how you want to provide advantages. Um, very audience specific because you might have, you know, maybe you're in a correspondent space and there's different incentives you want to you want to give to different buyers can easily create in five minutes a parameter in, in poly that passes that information through and create a rule that in, incentivizes in those ways. If you wanted to create a parameter that uh, passed through the house color and start to make adjustments on if it's a blue, yellow, or green house, like absolutely the world's your oyster and go for it. Um, and, and that's, that's been more, one of the most fun things I, I think I would say for me to watch customers implement poly and um, start to take advantage of getting more granular without, adding more overhead or time to their, their maintenance process or, or how they're having to maintain things in their systems. John, in our first episode with Parvesh, we, we did discuss how in some organizations, secondary market teams can kind of, you know, look like the, the finance or like liquidity partner, like after, after origination, but the best organizations they're strategically aligned on on pricing and business strategy and really involved at the front end, even before origination on determining product suite and pricing and mix. Um, when you talk about the ability to dial in pricing around variables like CRA focus areas, it, it kind of paints a picture of a really collaborative cross-organizational necessity to, to work with the capital markets and secondary markets team to determine, hey, where's what's business strategy? Where are we trying to win market share? And what product are we trying to win market share? From like a regulatory and governance perspective, like where do we have weakness? Where do we have strength? Where do we be stronger? Have you seen any examples of how organizations collaborate and like bring in different players and departments into dialing in some of these these pricing capabilities? Yeah, it's good good question because I I have seen that a lot, and I think we've seen it a lot with you know the kind of division division of house and state and uh, in, in an originator along the the kind of origination versus the the secondary side. Um, and I've seen a lot more collaboration, especially for customers that have adopted both our loan trading exchange as well as as our pricing engine. Even for for you know lenders that have different key resources that are responsible for those areas, 
Um, because again, the ecosystem is one large one where data is shared and pricing is, is based off the same structures and, and logic. Um, it inspires more conversations around what can we do in our pricing strategy that enables us better execution um, on the back end. So yeah, for sure. And, and that's been really cool to experience and see. All right. Another thing that you mentioned was that we're, this is a two-way market and two-way marketplace. And we've talked a lot about how the the lender, the independent mortgage bank is focusing on efficiency and innovation, but we also need to understand the priorities and innovation timeline of the secondary market. How are you, are you seeing the, the GSEs or private capital players like innovate at the same pace or even pull forward IMBs? Like how, how does that kind of tug of war or push and pull of each side of the marketplace play into where innovation focus occurs? Yeah. I mean, I think across the board, you're, you're seeing innovation um, for sure. And at Poly, we, we always want to be on the cutting edge of innovation and at the forefront um, at times, you know, driving, um, driving innovation forward and, and challenging others to come along with us. Um, but we've always prided ourselves on being really great partners in technology and, um, you know, working with where others are at. So, well, you know, we might prefer to always be API based and at the forefront of that, there might be partners that quite aren't quite there yet um, or, or integration opportunities that um, need some help getting there. And, you know, we, we're looking to partner with that and continue to bring as much as we can, you know, and push forward the industry as a whole to the front edge of technology and adopting um, practices and, and technology that, that brings us there like APIs um, as, a, as a prime example and, and having integration partners that, you know, when you're using an API versus passing around a spreadsheet, as you would imagine, you're going to get a lot faster experiences. You're going to get programmatic features that can take over and, and um, process things more quickly and make, make more decisions faster that can also drive users towards um, more intelligent and, and more real-time decision-making processes as well. All right. Excellent. All right, John. So our, our housing news listeners know that we often, you know, we talk about where the market has been and, and where it is today, but often try to push our guests and experts to, to think about where the market is headed and, uh, capital markets technology is changing quickly. So can you give us a glimpse into where you think the capital markets tech stack is headed and what innovations are, are on the horizon as we, as we look out into future years? Ooh, that's, um, there's a lot, <laughs> you know, I think, <laughs> let's, let's gaze into that crystal ball for a second and, uh, and figure out where we're going. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think there's a lot of different things we could talk about there. I think one of the things that's really key for us here at Poly is, um, ensuring that lenders are a part of, part of the equation in the conversation. And this is kind of a, if I look back at my time at ethos all the way up through Poly and, and moving forward, um, you know, a lot of, of true innovation and where we've been able to apply technology and where we're planning on taking technology has stemmed a lot from our partners, um, our customers uh, that are contributing to that. And we, we have a large focus on sourcing feedback, sourcing ideas um, from lenders and making them a big part of that equation because uh, ultimately they're the ones that are benefiting from, from what we're, we're working on and, and implementing here. 
And um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, you know, source feedback is always going to bring you to a better solution than any individual or more narrow minded um, thought pattern might be. So, you know, when we talk about innovating and, and continuing to push forward, uh, that's a huge focus for us is making sure our customers, our partners are part of the conversation and part of the collaboration um, around that. So, you know, that that's really meaningful us meaningful to us and um, it is really a fundamental part of how we're looking to transform the industry is with that partner-led discovery and and thoughts coming from the industry itself. Um, as far as like specific things that I'm I'm personally excited about and, and where the industry is going, you know, I think um, as a whole, uh, especially when we're talking about pricing engines, it's a lot of discovery um, and, and when I say discovery, I mean like user focused discovery. So a capital markets person trying to go figure out what they want to do via the technology or a loan officer trying to discover what products and programs they're, they're eligible for. And um, I think it's um, we have an industry here that's been underserved by technology in the aspect of driving users towards decisions, driving users towards options um, and providing you know, what I would call real actionable um, insights and analytics, you know, beyond what you would consider traditional dashboards and reporting is, is how are we taking data, keep coming back to this vertically integrated capital market solution concept, but data across the whole platform that allows you, come ties back to the buy and the sell side to make decisions based on the other. Um, but really, we want to drive... Um, we want, to, we want to use analytics and data to drive decisions for lenders, to give them the data that helps them make decisions and take action. And then making those actions, oh, click a button, do the thing that, that you're, you're telling me is the, the right thing to do that I'm validating here with my human element. Because again, we're, we're not looking to replace people as a technology provider. We're really looking to accelerate those people um, and their efficiencies. As, as we kind of migrate and navigate to a much more data and analytics focused world and professionals in the mortgage industry become increasingly focused on data and analytics. Do you, do you hear those demands coming from, from clients and users of, Hey, we want to better understand X or better understand Y. Is that, is that one of the common like talking points when you are interacting with the industry? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it, uh, you could talk to pretty much any lender and ask them if there's more data or some other insight they're looking to get to that. Nobody says I want less data. <laughs> yeah. Nobody says I want less. Um, but more so I think lenders are keenly aware that there's opportunity for, for, um, for more and for um, better analytics to drive, drive more intelligent decisions um, for, for sure. Um, so yeah, I see that a lot, hear that a lot. And one of the things we're also excited about there is, you know, a, a lot of large lenders have the capabilities to author their own analytics and to develop their own mechanisms that are driving some key decisions, whereas that's maybe not something that's as as readily available to a smaller lender or a mid-sized lender. And that's what we're looking to do at Poly is provide data and analytics and, and driving decisions that benefit, you know, the entire market, regardless of your tech team or your size, we want to partner with that and be able to give you an up-leveled experience in the industry. So John, I'm going to close out with a question kind of specific to your role as, as head of product. H how are you personally 
engaging with the industry to understand the needs of the small and the mid-sized lender and the large lender, this really diverse population of lenders out there who are all executing similar but different capital market strategies? Yeah, great question. It, it goes back to kind of that customer involvement I was talking about a few minutes ago. Um, and we, we spend a lot of time with our customers. Um, and I called them partners earlier because I'm used to doing that. Partners, customers, we really view it as one and the same. And it's kind of a two-way street as well because it's not just about getting information from, from customers, partners. It's got parallels for me of my time just in technology. When, when I think about working in product and working with uh, designers, um, SMEs, subject matter experts, um, developers, collaboration is super key. And so we don't view like our roadmap as poly as like, oh, here's what we're going to let the customers know we're doing. And we also don't just view as customers tell us what to do and we'll do whatever you want. It's it's a collaborated effort that I've seen across a lot of our features. You know, Poly have an idea. We start sharing and, and talking about that with our customers. And that develops into an even better idea because maybe the customer wasn't even thinking about that as a possibility. But when they're brought it, they start to think, well, what if it could do X? And we start to develop a much better solution. And same thing with customer-led um, feedback. You know, there's things that, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably not going to see that a customer might be acutely aware of, or maybe other customers in our system aren't experiencing it. And we're constantly looking to source that um, and iterate on that. And again, just the customer involvement is super key for us to make sure they're a part of the experience and a part of the innovation that we're we're working on. Well, John, I can't thank you enough for for sharing your expertise to the Housing Wire audience. Uh, our guest today, our expert, was Mr. John Foy, head of product at Poly. He gave us a pretty incredible glimpse into the capital markets technology stack. In our next episode of the Secondary Market Masterclass, we have the pleasure of having a guest who leads a secondary market team and is going to walk us through some of the roles and functions of a capital markets and secondary markets team inside of a mortgage lender. John, thank you again. We appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Clayton. Thank you so much for listening to the Housing News Podcast. Please take a few seconds to rate Housing News on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot for the show, and we really do appreciate and listen to your feedback. Also, we're gearing up for Housing Wire Annual in October. Please visit housingwire.com forward slash events for full details about our big annual event in Austin, Texas.